This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado, The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are going to talk some Browns, Colts, and the matchup coming up on Sunday. Before we do, I do want to remind you about the great deals happening at DoorDash. This awesome offer they have for your first sign-up. Whether you've tried delivery to your door or not with food, it's never too late. Even as you know, some of the pandemic stuff winds down and maybe you're getting out a little bit more. You should probably still try to order food in, in local businesses and, and restaurants around you need our help. We just used it the other day for Chipotle, another one for a local um, southern barbecue place here in my hometown, and uh, it's great. It works well, and the functionality is awesome. You can use DoorDash for any of your favorite places, Wendy's, fast food places like McDonald's, Cheesecake Factory, many others, even big-time ones uh, around your area. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, so just go to DoorDash app and select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, listeners get $5 off, zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your your first order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter that code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, it's BLUEWIRE for $5 off and your zero delivery fee on your first order with DoorDash. So, we're going to talk Browns-Colts. Obviously, both teams enter at 3-1. and one. Um, You know, it's an, it's an interesting situation because the Colts came into this season. Nobody really knew uh, what to expect from them. Obviously, bringing in Phillip Rivers was an important part of their, you know, their situation, improving quarterback play from Jacoby Brissett last year. Um, you know, what's interesting is they, they started out against a, a Jacksonville team. Many people didn't think we were going to win a ton of football games. Lost that game 27-20. was the worst that their defense has played uh, from, from a holistic perspective. Uh, but their offense also gave away two turnovers in that game. So you're looking at, 
you know, a game where they put up yards, but they turn the football over. And uh, from there, they've dominated ball, you know, the football for for a majority of these uh, next three games, Vikings, Jets, Bears, listen, not world beaters by any stretch. Although the Bears are now 4-1, and one, just beat Tampa Bay. Uh, but you can tell the Bears are a little bit limited on offense. But, yeah, you you know, what they're doing in Indy is a similar formula to what they're doing in, um, you know, what we're doing in Cleveland. They've generated seven turnovers and only given up three. They're they're playing, you know, a little bit different there in terms of their defenses is not giving up the, the, the pass yardage that Cleveland's is specifically. Um, you know, they're they're playing – Indy's playing some of the best – overall defense in the league they they rank first in yards allowed they rank first in points allowed they have only allowed uh, 11 points or less in their last three games you know Minnesota offense that's obviously pretty good has proven so over the last few weeks the Jets are dumpster fire Bears obviously we don't we don't think they score a ton of points but it talks about the level at which their defense is playing especially the run defense which only gave up 28 yards last week to the Bears so it's a group that um, has not given up. Well, they did give up 109 to the Jets, but they play stingy run defense, man. And that's what's fascinating is the strength for strength that's going to happen in this game, you know, particularly with the Browns' ability to run the football even without Nick Chubb and uh, the Colts' ability to stop the run and make it. And it's not just stopping the run. They've only given up. They've given up under 151 pass yards three of four games. They gave up 241 to the Bears last week, but, I mean, that's the most we've seen them allow pass yards-wise. So it's a great matchup of strength for strength, and uh, it's just it's going to be a fascinating litmus test for the Browns who, you know, even with the feeling of the Cowboys being favored, this is, this is a real test. A team that's played great defense has a quarterback who can get rid of the football quick in Phillip Rivers and has always been dangerous in that regard. You know, the way Cleveland kind of structures their defense is allowing, whether a choice or not, they're allowing easy throws, quick throws, and that's what Phillip Rivers is best at is is getting the football out quick. And they do have some sneaky good playmakers there in Indy too. So, you know, how their offense matches up with the Browns' defense probably ultimately swings this game. Turnovers are obviously be important too. So, you know, I, I think the best thing to do is talk to somebody about this team. And, uh, you know, before we do get over and talk to our Colts insider, I'm going to talk to you again about the folks at betonline.ag. There's a ton of great opportunities going on right now. Um, you know, in the betting world, you have the NBA Finals game. I think it's game five coming up, right? You have the football season in effect. We had a Thursday night game. You'll get college football, too. They do a great job at BetOnline of giving you a welcome bonus, which is pretty much unparalleled how quickly they're able to get you that welcome bonus. And they'll take advantage of... You know, their online poker and blackjack and all of that stuff that's available too. You can still get that season opening bonus and start wagering on wins, division, championships, and futures and all of that. You can get on a parlay. You look at the Browns, I think they're plus one and a half or plus two right now going into this weekend. So uh, people are favoring the Colts. But you can get in on that action, win some money. Use the promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. Again, promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. So let's talk to Zach. Zach writes for Stampy Blue, does a great job for them. He's at Zach Hicks too, and great insight on where exactly the Colts are and the Browns, and some of the key matchups are in there too, so a lot of fun stuff. Hopefully you guys enjoy this interview. Let's get over there now. Zach, pumped to have you, man. Really interested in where Indianapolis is right now. Obviously a respected franchise 
from folks in Cleveland and across the NFL, and I think it's going to be a fun matchup. 425 kickoff. You know, people in Cleveland are excited about that. 3-1 for the first time since 01, feeling pretty good. And what's interesting is these two teams kind of clash in terms of what they're good at and what the opposing team is good at. So hit me with your kind of general state of where the Colts are right now. You know, some things have changed, some big things have changed, especially quarterback and uh, some big additions defensively. So kind of just your state of where they're at four weeks into the season. Yeah, I mean, kind of going back just a little bit here, you know, when Chris Ballard took over and Frank Wright came in, uh, the Colts were starting a rebuild, and Andrew Luck was kind of supposed to be the face of that rebuild, and they had to kind of readjust everything when he retired last offseason. So getting a guy like Phillip Rivers in here, getting a veteran presence after the disaster that was last year, uh, I, you got to say the Colts are off to a pretty good start this year. I mean, they've had uh, four opponents that aren't amazing. You know, they're they're not amazing opponents. I mean, the Bears were the best one, and even their record is kind of a little bit uh, generous right now at 3-1. and one. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, they've handled their schedule pretty well. They're three and one right now going into this game. So, um, obviously there's some things the Colts fans and Colts, uh, team want to see a lot better, but as of right now, you can't really complain too much about that three and one record for the Colts. Well, let's talk, you, you mentioned Phillip Rivers. I mean, Phillip's been tied to the left coast for as long as it's been playing, right? I mean, he's a staple of the chargers and a big change comes for him and, he arrives in Indy where it's like, you know, kind of a, a Midwest version of the Chargers in terms of just some stability around him and and uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and a, certainly a winning culture, which is a, a pretty obviously a pretty important thing. So, you know, Indy's had traditionally really good quarterback play. I don't need to name names. I think those are pretty obvious. And kind of how's Phillip falling yeah. in line? Does it feel like it's a, a much improved offensive approach from what they dealt with Jacoby Brissett last year? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing that the Colts really wanted to see was just getting a quarterback in here who could get the ball out on time and, and efficiently. Uh, the biggest thing which Cobra said that we saw a lot of last season, you know, he, he had a lot of great moments, moments where, you know, he'd throw a defensive lineman to the ground and make the like a, a throw across his body for a big play. Uh, but the biggest issue was he held the ball forever. I think the the Brissett was second in the NFL and and time holding the ball. I think it was like three seconds in the pocket. Uh, where Rivers last year was at like 2.3 or 2.4, I think, which was up there among the best in the NFL. Uh, this year, I believe he actually is the fastest to get in the ball out of his hands. Um, I have to double check that on Pro Football Focus, but uh, you know, Rivers, the biggest thing they really wanted to see out of him coming in this year was, you know, he di- he didn't need to be hero ball. He doesn't need to do everything, uh, especially the way this defense is playing this year, which we're going to talk about here in a few. Uh, but yeah, he he doesn't need to be hero ball. He just needs to get in there and, and get the ball out quick and and be efficient and kind of be that game manager type for most of the games. And, and so far, you know, through four weeks, that's kind of what he's been, you know, the stats aren't super, super flashy. Uh, the completion percentage is up though. Yards per attempt is up. Uh, the Colts have made the jump from the 31st ranked offense and explosive play percentage up to the ninth ranked offense now. So that's up. Uh, so in every major category, they want to see improvement with their quarterback. Uh, that's kind of been up outside of, you know, red zone play, which is something they really need to turn around. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think Phillip Rivers has kind of fit really well here. Uh, he's not, obviously he's not Andrew Luck. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not the superstar quarterback, uh, but he's not kind of what we saw last year or what we've seen even with the Curtis Painter and, and Dan Orlovsky days and stuff where you have a bottom tier quarterback. You know, he's, he's kind of middle of the road and the Colts kind of needed that after what they had last year. Well, I know Phillip has burned Cleveland his share of times. Two years ago, he came into Cleveland with the uh with a Chargers team that, that was playing really well, playoff team that year, and, and certainly lit Cleveland up. He's he's a decisive dude, and that's what's intimidating because, you know, Cleveland's first four weeks here, it's been 
offenses that have just decided to to finagle and pick on interior coverage. Linebacker coverage is terrible mm-hmm. right now. Safeties hit or miss. The nickel coverage from Tavera Thomas and Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson really hasn't played a ton, but they're just they're certainly a level of their defense that has been picked on. And what Phillip does is one of the best at pre-snap deciphering where he needs to go with the football and getting it out of his hands quick. It's not always pretty, right? Kind of a weird release, gets that thing pushy, but it gets where it needs to go, and that's kind of a thing that I'm interested to see if the Browns challenge Indy this week, if they get down in their face, if they try to make Phillip have to hold on to the ball for an extra second or two. That's something that is is of particular interest to me. Talking about running game, and I'm going to ask you a two-tiered question here, Zach. They have, obviously, Jonathan Taylor. Big Ten country folks here know about Jonathan Taylor. And then they obviously lost Marlon Mack. Uh, if you play fantasy football, a lot of people are impacted by that. But they've had obvi- a Nehemiah Hines. I, I should have probably said that wrong. But Hines has stepped in, man. And uh, Naheem? Naheem Hines. I get it there? Naheem. Yeah. Naheem crushed it. Naheem All right. Yep. Everybody forget that first part. So Naheem Hines is obviously being a big part of this thing, too. So uh, what I'm getting at is they, they, they're dealing with a crossover here, trying to figure out what they are in the running game. Is there an identity you feel like are they trying to run first are they really trying to pound the rock and then let phil kind of build off of it or are they trying to open up throwing the football and then trying to kind of then from that angle work in different sort of rushing attacks from that kind of like what's their identity based on who they have in the backfield you know as of right now it's hard to say what the colts identity is on offense right now and i think part of the reason is uh, you know, there's been a lot of changes from last year. You know, they had Michael Pittman Jr. coming in, uh, who who is injured right now, but he came in, a new big receiver that was going to play. Phil Rivers obviously came in. And then when Mark, when Mack went down, they had a new starting running back as well. So there was a lot of difference coming in uh, in terms of skill positions to the offense. And, you know, the last three weeks, they've, they've been blowing teams out. I mean, even last week, even though it was 19 to 11, uh, it, it was the game was in control the entire time. There really was no threat of the Bears Uh, really taking over that game so it's kind of hard to say what their identity is right now they've been very run heavy but mainly because they've been the lead for most of these games and I think that's part of the reason why they're one of the worst teams in terms of yards per carry as well because teams are just stacking the box as the Colts are running the clock out Uh, but you know overall I think it's just been a lot of um, they want to run the ball they want to stay balanced uh, but they'll mix in, you know, pass-heavy schemes as well. I mean, we saw in, the, in week one when they had to throw the ball a little more. Uh, Rivers threw for over 400 yards and and um, a touchdown that one as well. So they, they can kind of go either way. They don't really have a true identity, and I think that's what Reich has always wanted to do. Uh, but I think once they do get Jonathan Taylor rolling and, and once they get him kind of to where they need him to be, I think they'll start running the ball a little bit more and getting uh, that ground game going a good bit. I'm quite interested in how they attack it because while Cleveland's ranking – pretty quality in terms of run defense it's it's partly because defense is no man hey we can pick apart this interior coverage we don't really need to run it that much and Cleveland's offense has been playing from in front a lot too so I'm not totally convinced that there's some dominant rush defense and it's why I'm fascinated to see if Indy will challenge them in the run game because like I said with Joe Burrow the pattern was obvious um you know and then and then I thought that they did the same things with Washington before you know Dwayne Haskins was playing but the concepts were pretty similar and then, uh, you know, when Dak and company fell behind, too, they just really started picking on uh, curl-flat defenders and, and really, you know, isolating those guys. So, I listen, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the plan will be, but I'm interested to see some team try to really run the football on them because I think I'd like to see if Cleveland's run defense is pretty solid. Uh, injuries offensively, Costanzo, the left tackle, or Costanzo, I could, listen, man, I don't have PhD in names. <laughs> Cut me a break. Costanzo, right? 
Yes, yeah, it's, it's an O. Family. It's not an A, right, Jake? It's an O. Ton. Oh. Uh, yeah. So he's he's DNP right now. Are you guys? You know, you're close to it. Are they? Is he trending to probably play? Or if he doesn't play, who's filling in for him? So we will say with, with Costanzo, he has. There has been a lot of times over the years where he's missed an entire week of practice and then gone out there on Sunday and played and been mm. fine. Uh, so. It's, they're kind of keeping it really close to the vest right now. We don't really know if they're going to – like how serious the injury is. By by all indication, it did seem like there was a chance that he's going to play this week. Uh, but we're, we're going to have to – I don't think we'll really know until Friday is when they'll either rule him out or declare him as questionable. But, uh, yeah, there, there's a real fear here in Indy uh, if he misses this game, especially with uh, – obviously you guys know Miles Garrett is probably the best pass rusher in football, if not top three. Um, and you don't want to lose your starting tackle to that, especially when the drop-off is uh, to LaRaven Clark, who, you know, Clark is not Terrence Steele level bad. You know, he's not <laughs> that. He's not an undrafted free agent coming into his first real bit of action in the NFL. Uh, he has gotten a little better over the years, but he's still, you know, a, a backup quality, fringe roster quality uh, backup tackle in the NFL. So uh, you definitely don't want to see that against Miles Garrett. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of uh, holding our breath all week when it comes to Anthony Costanzo playing. Uh, but from what I can tell from at least history with him is there, there has been times where he has just missed practice all week and then rolled out there on Sunday and been perfectly fine. So it's definitely something to monitor. It didn't really seem to hinder him whatsoever in this last game. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously over here in Indy, we're, we're definitely uh, praying that he plays this week. Well, I think the thing that makes Cleveland dangerous, too, is they're they're very willing, unlike defensive coordinators of the past, to move miles around and, yeah. uh, and, and, and attack whoever that weak link is. So talk to me about defense. Obviously a very good defense, ranked as one of the best, really strong last three weeks. Kind of give me where they're at right now, some injuries to uh, update everybody on what's going on there. Yeah, so I mean, talk, start, starting with injuries, uh, Darius Leonard uh, has a groin injury right now. He left the game on Sunday about halfway through. Uh, and hasn't practiced at all this week yet, so that's definitely a, a huge loss if he doesn't play because Darius Leonard is obviously one of the best linebackers in football. And then uh, the guy behind him, Bobby Okariki, uh, broke his thumb or had thumb surgery is what they were telling us, uh, and he's also in question for this game. They Either of them might play. Uh, the Colts have kind of left that open that they could play this week, but uh, there is a strong possibility those two players are out. Uh, which would definitely hurt the Colts' defense. But, you know, just going over the Colts' defense in general, uh, the number one defense in the NFL right now, uh, obviously they haven't played a murderer's row of offenses. But, I mean, if you look at the offense they played, I mean, Jacksonville was a tough game for them on defense. Uh, I think that's just first game uh, miscommunications and everything like that from everything that I kind of studied with that game. But, you know, since then, you know, the Vikings have scored 30 points in every single game they've played. Uh, and they were held to 11 against the Colts, and they only scored that last touchdown at the end. So they're basically held to three against the Colts for the entire game. Uh, you look at the Bears, even the Bears were scoring 20, 30 points a game. Uh, they're basically held to three the entire game against the Colts. Uh, and then and then the, the Jets, who, you know, obviously they're not a great offense, but they were only held to seven points. So uh, the Colts' defense, even though they haven't played against, you know, elite opponents or been, uh, you know, these, these top-tier offenses – uh, they've been holding teams to, to super, super low point totals and, and yardage totals and everything like that. And that's why even in DVOA, who adjusts for opponents, uh, the Colts defense is near the top of the league. So uh, for anyone who's kind of looking at the Colts defense and saying they're only that good because they've played against these bad opponents, uh, they're, they're legit. You know, they're gonna, I don't, I'm not going to say they're going to shut down uh, this Browns team because this Browns team, especially on the ground, is, is outstanding. Uh, but they're going to put up a real good fight, and it's going to be strength on strength when it comes to your guys' offense versus the Colts' defense this week. 
I'm fascinated by it because Cleveland has not had anybody smack them in the mouth in terms of take away their run game approach. I mean, they want to – their five across the line, front five are playing as well as anybody in the NFL. Yeah. And it's in it's in unison, and they have guys on the sideline who know how to scheme for what teams are doing. And to do it uh, – it's really gotten to the point, Zach, where it's been drive to drive. They're making adjustments and figuring out based on a front or a motion, they're going to get a certain look that they can run a gap scheme. They can pin pull off of it. They can do traditional wide tight zone stuff. It's, it's really going to be fascinating because, like I said, they have not – Washington did a little bit. Washington is very good in the box. They, mm-hmm. they, they have a lot of talent there as much as anybody in the league, but they, they definitely don't have a, a Buckner type guy. They don't have, they have good players inside. Jonathan Allen's a good player, but they don't have that guy. So like that matchup is, is, is fascinating. And, 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 yeah. you know, he doesn't line up over Teller every snap on play, you know, perfectly lined up over Teller every snap. He's going to get his share of JC Treader, whether he's in a shade or whether he bumps out, it's, it's going to be moving parts, but like how Cleveland is cognizant of him and is able to sort of manage not allowing him to, to completely change their scheme is what's, uh, is what's particularly fascinating to me. Uh, I'll ask you this. Like, do, are they a 4-3 base? Do they, lo- do they love to run some nickel in there? How are they doing coverage-wise? Are they more of an open, closed coverage type of group? And, and talk to me. I don't think there's a ton of known names. I mean, Xavier Rhodes is having a nice resurgence in that secondary. Talk to me about their pass defense. Because this could be a game where Baker Mayfield's asked to win a football game for the first time this year. Yeah, I mean, looking at this overall defense, I think uh, the number one thing that stands out to me before we even get to the players is uh, defense coordinator Matt Eberflus is lining him up, lining himself up for a head coaching job. I mean, the, the players have loved him for a long time, uh, and obviously he, he's actually done a lot with very little over the years. In 2018, when they didn't really have much talent on that defense, I think they were the 11th ranked DVOA defense, and they did a great job running mostly Tampa 2 the entire year. Uh, and, and we've seen him steadily progressed that Tampa 2 system and now we're at the point here in year three with him as a defense coordinator where you know they're running a lot of Tampa 2 looks but they're also mixing in a lot of cover three match or a lot of man and they're really doing a good job of disguising a lot of it you know the, the Colts don't blitz much uh, they don't really blitz at all uh, but they're up there as one of the best in terms of pressure because their coverage is so good on the back end. They're really good at disguising what they want to do in coverage. And then they have guys like the Forrest Buckner, Justin Houston, um, Danico Autry is also having a great year. Uh, those guys are getting a lot of pressure with just rushing four or just stunting up the middle. So uh, overall, their pass defense has been great this year. Even without those top names, uh, Xavier Rhodes has been the Xavier Rhodes of old this year. I, I don't know where it came from. I watched all of his film last year, and I was very skeptical of the signing just because of that. Uh, but he, he just looks he looks more confident. He looks more athletic. Uh, he's just locking down guys. Even when he's getting beat, he's right there in, in, in stride with these guys. So uh, Xavier Rhodes has been great. He's been a true number one guy. TJ Carey, who you guys know very well from last year, uh, you know, we, ta- we actually talked about before the year. I was skeptical of him being their main backup on the outside. Uh, but whenever he's played out there, I think he has a passer rating of like eight when targeted, <laughs> like a passer rating of eight when targeted on the outside. So he's been great when he's filled in. Rocky Sin is a young ascending corner. Uh, and then Julian Blackman in the secondary. Uh, I mean, the upgrade from Malik Cooker to Julian Blackman, which is crazy to say. I mean, and you guys are in Cleveland, so you guys all watched Malik Cooker uh, in college. I mean, from going from Malik Cooker, it, it seems like such a huge upgrade going to Julian Blackman because – now they have this cover two, uh, or even when they're in their cover three match safety, who is flying downhill, and, and he's making anyone pay if they touch the ball over the middle uh, on those seam routes and, and deep in routes. So uh, this defense is aggressive. They fly all over the place. They're, they don't miss tackles. I mean, you, it's very rare to see them miss a tackle, uh, and, and they just they just suffocate teams. So, I mean, yeah, in the passing game, in the, in the run game, uh, the run game is big because they got 
Uh, DeForest Buckner up there, obviously. They have really good linebackers, so hopefully they play this week. Uh, and then also Grover Stewart on the interior at defensive tackle. Uh, he, he's a guy who doesn't get talked about across the league, but uh, I'm sure when you watch a little bit of the Colts defense uh, from this last game, you'll see he's driving guys in the backfield all, all game. I think he's third in the NFL among interior defensive linemen in terms of run stop percentage. Uh, and, and that's, I mean, he's just been great this whole year as well. So they, they just have a very fast defense. Uh, they fly downhill. They all converge on the ball. They don't miss tackles and, and they have a secondary that's kind of playing out of their mind right now. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough test for them this week, obviously with, with the way that the Browns offensive line is playing. I think it's probably the best O-line in the league right now. Uh, Wyatt Teller is playing like a first team all pro, but I, I really think that this is going to be a battle of you know two of the best in the league right now, and it's going to be a it's going to be a really fun fun uh, matchup to watch going forward. It really is, man. It is it is a battle of teams that are. You can make a bunch of caveats about the level of which they've played, the opponents, whatever, whatever. But a quarter of the season in, you start to establish some identity, and we certainly know that Indy's a very stout run defense. And obviously, they put it together holistically. It's not just a team yeah. that can stop the run; they can they can defend the pass too because they're taking away the run, which is allowing them to focus on those things and and put pressure on up front. So Cleveland has their hands uh, certainly full. And, um, you know, as, as people who have watched the Browns kind of step in the right direction for the first time in what seems like, well, hell, it is two decades, Zach. I mean, they were 7-4 and four in 2014 before they <laughs> fell apart, but that uh, that was kind of built up on fool's gold. Really good offensive line, but nowhere near the skill talent that they have um, mm-hmm. in place right now. So, yeah, listen, it's, gonna, it's probably going to come down to a wiggle here and there, a play here and there, but it, to me it's how – it's how probably the stalemate will happen in the strength and strength. It's how do the two weaknesses uh, yep. work themselves out. Yep. How well do the Browns defend Indy, I think, is probably what it comes down to. And just like every Browns game they've played this year, they they have not turned the football over while forcing their opponents to turn the football over early. I think that is uh, is obviously going to be a big part of it, too, as turnovers always are. So uh, good stuff, Zach. He's Zach Hicks, man. You guys can follow him. Make sure you're following him. If you're looking for any sort of coverage on the Colts or, or draft coverage, he does some great stuff at Cover One, who I love those guys at Cover One. Eric does a great job. He's at Zach Hicks, too, and uh, he works and writes for Stampede Blue. He's the lead voice for them over there. Zach, thanks for taking time, man, and giving us an inside look at how the Colts are doing, buddy. Hey, of course, man. Anytime. All right, thanks to Zach for joining us. Shout out to him. Shout out to our sponsors. Make sure you're listening to the Titan One podcast, TE1. Greg Olson, it's fantastic stuff. we got great, great content all across many different sports. And um, check it out at Blue Wire. Go to your podcast location, Apple, Spotify, whatever. Make sure to give this podcast a five-star review. Make sure to you know give us a, a little comment, something nice. Always appreciate your support. And uh, you know go to the OBR. Check us out at the OBR. Do great stuff. And uh, you know we're going to have a game day preview up like we always do that will be super detailed with depth charts and gambling lines and injury reports and all that stuff. Browns notes for both sides of the football, how they win, key matchups, it's all there. Make sure you check that out. That's up over the weekend, typically a Sunday morning release, pregame reading. It's a 425 kick. Don't forget, it's a little later than normal. It'll be a primetime game and uh, should be fun. Should be a ton of fun. Thanks to DoorDash. Thanks to BetOnline.ag, our presenting sponsors. And thanks to you for listening. Hopefully you've had a great week and we'll have a great weekend. And maybe we will check in again on a Victory Monday. We'll see. Until then, go Browns.